On today's show, we have an exciting guest, and it's all about energy. We love energy, yeah? Unstoppable. Mr. Tom Palladino. Tom is on a personal mission to make a difference in the world by providing people with the education and tools to restore optimal health and enhance their quality of life. Scalar Energy, or Scalar Light, works with the quantum field, the consciousness of the universe, to activate humanity's own innate healing ability. Tom's technology works through a person's photograph and has the power to break down the molecular bonds of over 400,000 pathogens, bacteria, fungi, viruses, parasites, and much more in the body. He has programs for anti-aging, hormones and nutrition, to name a few, and scalar energy also helps with balancing chakras, removing toxins, deepening spirituality, improving cognition function, and overall well-being. Scalar energy also works for pets, animals, and plants. Welcome to Simply Walk the Talk. Our bodies and minds adapt to what we do most of the time. If you want to change your body and mind, you must change what it is you do most of the time. This podcast explores all things health, wellness, fitness, lifestyle, and biohacking. Stay tuned as we explore various thoughts, methods, and experiences from a multitude of conversations between our interesting guests and experts through many fields of work. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Mr. Tom Palladino, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here, Tom. Yeah, I, I can already feel just based on our sort of uh, before we started recording, I could just feel your energy. Speaking of energy, right? I could feel your energy coming through, and I am. I'm convinced that this is going to be a very fun show, and I hope that the people watching and listening, I hope you really learn something from this because scalar energy is all around us. Energy is all around us, right? So we are energetic beings, and I wanted to bring Tom onto the show so he could talk about what he does. And if you happen to be watching the show, you're in for a really good time because he's going to show us some ways that this scalar energy actually works. So, Tom, let's talk about your background let's talk about who you are where you came from and, and and how you got to where you are today so my background i've studied scalar energy scalar light research throughout my life now to be clear it's not electricity it's a different type of energy so what is scalar energy it's the energy of the sun and the stars it's the initial energy of the universe with instruments that control that dimension of energy now of you might have heard the name of nikola tesla he was the first scalar energy researcher and in many ways, I followed the work of Nikola Tesla trying to duplicate his work with scalar energy, not with electricity. So we're in for a, a new chapter of physics, and we're going to discuss that new chapter of physics, scalar energy. It's, it's exciting what this energy can do. It's, it's really unlimited what energy of the sun, the stars. And so uh, there, there's one point that I would definitely like to bring up, because I know Gordon mentioned this before we started recording. Uh, there was a, an amazing quote by Nikola Tesla, being that you just mentioned him. Gordon, do you have that, that quote? Yeah, it's right here. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So this is that secret we're going to be talking about on the show, right? Yes. And that's what Tom is going to be talking yes. about. And before we, we dive even further into this, 
I know you said you've been working with with energy for quite some time. Did you like like when did you start with this? Did you have like college training? Were you you know working under someone like Nikola Tesla himself? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a very good question. Um, how did I find out about this? As a youngster, I was reading book on Tesla. This is back in the seventies where we didn't have the internet, and I decided that he was onto something. That what he called radiant energy, which was the sun and the stars. He was able to tap into that free energy. Well, in the 90s, I met with a, a family by the name of Hieronymus. Their inventors, Dr. Galen and Sarah Hieronymus, I only had the opportunity to work with Sarah Hieronymus, but this family had perfected scalar energy instruments. And again, it's very crucial to understand a scalar energy instrument is not an electrical instrument. We're working with a different set of physics, a different set of principles, if you will. Well, that was my, if you will, my hand in the 90s. Actually, in 1993, I started working with the Hieronymus family. Now, the reason I mentioned Tesla and Hieronymus, they are two of the very few bona fide scalar energy researchers. There's many, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of electrical engineers. But when you look at scalar energy, there might be only 10 people who've ever been able to develop a scalar energy scalar energy was able to work with Hieronymus family, develop my scalar energy principles using their instruments. And therefrom, I perfected their instruments. And this instrument behind me is really modeled after the inventor Galen Hieronymus. That was my initiation. That was my, if you will, my seminal foundation to understand this new science, scalar energy, which by the way, is still not considered valid by many people in academia. Just for the honest, how would you define scalar energy? Scalar energy is the initial energy of the universe produced by the sun and the stars. I believe it's from God because I don't think anything precedes this energy. So I believe this energy is the fundamental life force energy of everything. Very well explained. And and also just, just for one more bit of understanding for those who might only be listening to the show, you may hear a bit of background noise or a bit of a hum in the background with, with Tom's audio simply because he's in his lab as we speak. So he's doing the interview from his lab. And I would imagine that's probably also affecting some of the uh, the audio. And it's, I guess it just goes to show that this is as powerful as we claim it is. So, um, you know, just don't be turned off by that. If you are watching, you can see that he's he literally is inside of his lab and there's a lot of tools behind him. And I think he's going to refer to some of that here in the future. So um, I just wanted to throw that out there. But so when you started to explore and understand more about this scalar energy, what was your your first sort of like aha moment? Well, I read about Tesla. He had a tower in Long Island called Wardenclyffe Tower. And he was able to harness the energy of the sun and the stars with this tower and then rebroadcast that energy or redistribute that within the vicinity of Long Island. Now, what is specific about that tower, there were no telephone wires leading into that tower. Wardenclyffe was a, was a self-sustaining free energy device. Wardenclyffe did not have any power source. The power source is from the sun and the stars. And furthermore, not need an infrastructure, substations, telephone poles, telephone wires, cell phone towers to broadcast the energy. The universe is the infrastructure. 
So what Tesla discovered, I have rediscovered that scalar energy can capture free energy and distribute that energy in an infrastructure that pre-exists. Now, conversely, when you look at the electromagnetic grid, we have to create the energy. It's very expensive and dangerous. And then we have to distribute that energy expensive and somewhat dangerous infrastructure. Tesla's method was much simpler. You do not create the energy, the sun and the star, and you just use what Tesla called the ether to distribute the energy, to broadcast the energy. This is so much easier. It's so much more effective. And it's, it will serve to change our economic order once we grasp this, this fundament of scalar energy. And, and that's really cool because um, I, I like how you, you break down the, the differences there. Could you maybe try to explain this in a way that is a little bit more graspable, if you will, uh, for, okay. the, for the layperson. I'm going to demonstrate. Behind me is a scalar energy instrument. It's on, it's operating. Now, this is a free energy instrument, so to speak. My laboratory is filled with energy, and you might hear a little bit of static because scalar energy is broadcasting from that Tesla coil. Here's an experiment. There's so much energy coming off that Tesla coil, I can hold a light bulb in my hand. And when I pass it close to the instrument, it illuminates. Wow. That's, that's free energy. That's the free energy that Tesla and I want to give to the world. So without wow. wires, without the need of an infrastructure, remember, this is free energy from the sun and the stars. You can broadcast it anywhere. And all you have to do is access it with the proper type of instrumentation. This light bulb is in its factory packaging, its plastic packaging. It will illuminate, animate under the influence of scalar energy. Wow. And the energy is so strong, it will pass through a wooden board. And this is the energy of the sun and the stars. I'm demonstrating a cutting board. I place that cutting board by the instrument. And then I place the light bulb by the cutting board and the light bulb will animate because the energy passes right through the wooden board. So nothing can impede scalar energy. So what is the point? The point that this is the life force energy of the universe, nothing can stop it. So the energy from the sun and the stars is available to us. Nothing can stop this energy. It's unlimited energy. So that's a demonstration, if you will, of a miniature star. These instruments act behave like minutes. So I, I just want to, uh, again, th cause that was, that was phenomenal. Thank you for sharing that for the people that are just listening, Tom, he, he, he did three little demonstrations, right? The first one was, was holding, he was holding a light bulb and he just, he just simply got kind of close, not even very close. I mean, uh, how, about how far away are you from that? Eight, 12 inches. Okay. So he got, you know, within a, about a foot or so from the, the, the device that he's speaking about and it illuminated then he took a a light that was in its original packaging and is not connected to any devices or or electricity he he also puts that close to the, to the device and it illuminated and then the final example was he had a cutting board which is pretty thick i'd say about three inches thick or so of of pure wood and then he did the same thing with the with the light bulb that was in the packaging so that was a, a really clear demonstration for all the skeptics out there. <laughs> That's a very, very cool demonstration. Now, a few questions come to mind when I see that, especially when I'm trying to 
put myself in the shoes of a skeptic. What does that do to the body? And then why don't more people use that to illuminate light? And, 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 and why don't we use that to kind of power more the processes that we use today in, the, in, in today's world? Great questions. This is the energy of the sun and the stars. It's friendly, it's beneficial, it gives life as opposed to other types of energy that could be harmful or unfriendly. So the fact that we're tapping into the initial energy of the universe, the sun, the stars give off that scalar energy, it's always life enhancing. It only can produce good. So this is not electricity, it's an information system, what some people might call consciousness or not physical quantum entanglement. We'll get into that a little bit later. Now, why, are, why aren't we using this? Well, Tesla tried to demonstrate this, and he did successfully with this tower of Wardenclyffe in Long Island, New York. That tower was able to broadcast scalar energy and illuminate objects at a distance. Transfer energy without an infrastructure through that tower in Long Island, New York. This is why I have followed up on Tesla's work. Imagine what this means where you don't need oil, coal, nuclear, wind farms, geothermal. Rather, you can just tap into this, and that's your free energy source. So the future will be through scalar energy, scalar light, in which we do not have, have to create the energy. There is no power generation. The power plant are the stars. This is what Tesla saw years ago. This is what I see. Why are we still using electricity, coal, oil, gas, hydrogen? That's all outdated. Hmm. What is really fascinating is the part that you mentioned about the fact that it's not electricity. I understand that. However, most of us know today that you need to have electricity to get a light bulb to turn on. So how do those two equate? Right. Well, electricity would, would animate a light bulb. And in many ways, when I can hold this light bulb, it's animated by a scalar energy force field. So the, what's the point? You can either power a light bulb through electricity or you can power it through... Well, what are the benefits of scalar energy? It's free energy. You don't have to produce it. It's clean. There's no chemical decomposition. It, it's unlimited. You're, you're never going to run out of it. And then when you amplify this energy or you broadcast it throughout the world, you don't need telephone wires. You don't need substations. You just send the energy at a distance and it performs its function. So my instrument, I'm working with people by way of their photograph and I don't need an infrastructure. I can find, I can send energy anywhere in the world through this instrument without telephone wires, substations, transformers, etc. And just to clarify, it sounds like, and this is something that I've researched a lot with Tesla, when you dive deep into his world and who was funding him, like John Piermont Morgan and these early robber barons, as you're speaking to here, there's clearly a profit incentive when they can't find ways to monetize Tesla's innovations. So you're saying this was, from that point on, there continued to be essentially this, let's just call it what it is, nefarious conspiring of people who benefited from keeping these types of technologies suppressed, correct? You're absolutely right. You're not, that's, that's very uh, astute of me. Yes. Tesla wanted to give the world free energy. JP Morgan and the Rothschilds did not want that. Now, what does free energy do? Well, you no longer need to drill for oil. You don't need wires. You don't need substations. You don't need the railroads. You, you, don't, you don't need this expensive infrastructure. Hmm. When something is free, you can't make money off of free, right? If, if, if the air in the atmosphere is free, if the sand on the beach is free, I don't see anybody trying to monetize air. Right. Everybody has access to free air. 
What if energy was free? Well, there, there would crumble that military-industrial complex. Right. Bingo. And this, Unless, Josh and I, this ties into the UFO stuff too. We don't have to get into it yet, but there's, yeah, yeah. there's correlation. Well, I mean, it, what it reminds me of, speaking to your point, Gordon, and it, it sort of reminds me of people, rather than trying to figure out ways to monetize free energy, which is kind of counterintuitive, it, it, I know that there's been efforts to try to, to harness the power to weaponize it. To weaponize scalar energy, and that—that's where mm -hmm. I think scalar maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, scalar weapons would be something that is profitable potentially, and I think it has happened, but I'm not sure as to why it hasn't happened to this point. You know, like, do you know anything about that? Do you know anything about the weaponization of scalar energy? And this is where we go back. He could not rely upon just one party, so. As the story goes, he wanted to have a few nations agree upon this, and he was going to give each country, each nation, a little bit of his knowledge so that they could work together in harmony. Well, long and short of it, if that, true, if that is true and accurate, I've read that. It never came to fruition. When Tesla died, the day he died, the United States government seized all of his notes, yeah. all of his inventions in his New York City apartment. You've never seen any of those notes or inventions. And you have to ask yourself why, if, if this was technology could abet mankind, if this could improve the condition, why did the U.S. government seize those notes and inventions and never, never share them with the general public? So that brings a curious uh, a, a point. What's the, why, why the subterfuge? Why the suppression? Who's afraid of this energy? Well, I think that's kind of obvious. <laughs> Free energy will change economic order. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, who benefits, who loses. And, and it also reminds me of all the efforts that have gone into trying to harness nuclear power. Because mm. as we know, nuclear power, is, it's very powerful. But I think, I don't know if it's, um, if it's conspiracy or propaganda, but we always refer to Chernobyl as like this big catastrophe. Obviously it was terrible and it was a, a huge catastrophe, but there is a lot that can be done with harnessing the power of nuclear energy because it, it can be clean, right? Mm -hmm. And so like how, how do those two match up? Because I think that could be somewhat free energy as well. When you're working with a, a nuclear reaction, you're, you're still working with physical matters, you know, some type of some type of element that will show radioactive decay or giving off a tremendous amount of energy. Everything I is non-physical. So the energy from the sun and the stars is the key. So it's really an entirely different process. Yeah. Looking at it, the electromagnetic world, it's physical reality. When we look at scalar energy, it's everything's non-physical. It's information. When we're working mm. with this energy, there's no electron protons involved. It's, it's massless, it's mm. non-physical. Now, Tessa was, was known to have said, when the world embraces non-physical, mm -hmm. then the world will make great advances, and then you'll see incredible mm. advances in a short period of time. That's the non-physical. Tessa knew that electromagnetic energy involved the electrons. Yeah. It, it, you know, there, there were various problems with this physical reality. Scalar energy is non-physical. It's entirely different. I wanna put on my conspiracy theory hat or my skeptic hat. Not that I don't believe in this, but I know people are watching this. They're going to butcher me <laughs> in the comment section, right? So what about those scalar energy pendants that the people sell online? Do, is, is, there some, is there some truth to that? Is there some 
some science that you can talk about, some data that's that's helpful with that? Everything in the world is flooded with scalar energy. Again, it's from the sun and the stars. This laboratory is filled with scalar energy, whether the instrument is operating or not. And then there are some types of geometric forms or some type of rocks or crystals that can capture scalar energy. Now, in particular with this instrument, I work with quartz crystal. This is a rod of quartz crystal. And this quartz seems to, if you will, harness scalar energy and broadcast it. It potentiates the energy, so to speak. Was that inside? Was that like in the core? Yes, it was inside, it was okay. inside oh. the Tesla coil. And when I do that, this will receive scalar energy and then further amplify the signal. So yes, mm. this is inside the Tesla coil. So what works like a pendant? It's filled with scalar energy. Right. Okay? Now I don't wear it around my neck, but what's the point? Especially quartz crystal amplifier of scalar energy. That's why I use it with these instruments. Mm. And that's so obviously that, a very purified quartz that's a very specific shape right does that affect it as well yes um the, these are manufactured uh, rods of quartz crystal very pure they're 99.9 percent .9 pure so okay. you're you're really looking at right. silicon dioxide and it's almost it's right. elemental form so with so that core that core that quartz um crystal that you just pulled out being that that was inside of the tesla coil would that by itself be able to power those lights that you did earlier? Not the quartz crystal. The quartz crystal is the receiver. The energy, the energy, okay. the, the miniatures, yes, it's a conduit. It's the amplifier. But the energy is always from the sun and the stars. Now, keep in mind, instrument is a miniature star. You know, if, if you go to an electric plant, that electric plant, that, that power plant is what using maybe solar geothermal, but they're converting it into electricity. I am working with scalar energy. I don't work with electricity. So it's two ways of, of looking at energy generation. The bottom line is scalar energy generation is less expensive, much more effective and safe, as opposed to electromagnetic energy generation, which is expensive, dangerous, there's, there's pollution, there's a carbon footprint, and it's limited. And just to clarify for the audience, Sarjas, but Tesla was notorious or known for also his his pioneering of alternating current versus at the time Edison's direct current. But this is completely different than alternating current. Just to clarify for people, this is not even on the electromagnetic spectrum, as you said. This And this idea of scalar, are we talking quantum then? Is this actually waves that are actually then you're, you're collapsing into the particle function? Is this dealing with the quantum? Quantum, which is information. It's non-physical. Right. And if, if, if my statement is true, it's my theory is true that this originates from the sun and the stars, well, there's trillions of galaxies. And they're always broadcasting scalar energy. So if you really want to look at the source of energy in the universe, look at the stars, look at the trillions of galaxies, and then ask yourself, what powers that star? Inside that right. star is scalar energy. It's not a thermonuclear reaction. There are no, there are no bombs. There's no... It's not the fusion no, fission. It's, sort exactly. Of it's not just fusion fission that people think. That there are no thermonuclear reactions. And so if you extend your theory, then... What you're also saying is that the universe and ultimately the multiverse, if they're designed similar, but our universe, then is also designed to generate life, designed to constantly pumping out life-creating planet stars, essentially. It has to, and I'll tell you why. Because you have to have a constant source of light to have constant life, L-I-F-E. So constant mm -hmm. light, L-I-G-H-T, will allow us to have constant life, L-I-F-E. So what do I mean by that? Well, our DNA is assembled and maintained by scalar energy. If you turned off or in any way there was an interruption of scalar energy, DNA would fall apart. We would fall apart. There would be disorder. There would be chaos in the universe. 
scalar energy brings order to the universe. One of your earlier points that that I, I would like to touch on uh, was just a couple points ago brings me to this sort of elephant in the room conversation, which is do you you spoke about cost. You spoke about how everything else is is much more expensive, and I understand that obviously. What are we talking about in terms of cost for something like this instrument you have behind you? Well, it, it's just a lifetime of engineering. I, you know, if I said I, this $20 million, $30 million has gone into this instrument out of other scientists, that would be an understatement. To reproduce this, it might take me, say, $200,000. I want to be very careful because I don't want this, this technology in the hands of nefarious forces. I, I don't, you know, this is really a, it's, it's a rather sensitive issue. Yes, this can do great good, but it also can do harm. So I don't release the schematics for these instruments. I will not. Understood. Yeah, and, and I think it makes sense. And it, it sounds like you're kind of taking that lead from Tesla, who was, was sort of doing the similar thing, I think. Um, and I think that's profound. So before we get into our, our movement moment, one of the questions that I would like to t discuss is, what does this all mean for the body? right, for the human being? Well, consider this. If, if this illuminated a light bulb, then it should be able to illuminate my mind. That amount of energy, which is life-giving energy, going into my mind and my seven chakras. What do I mean by that? When I work with people, I work with their aura field or their quantum field. I don't work physically with people. Remember, all of my work is non-physical. I work through a person's photograph. This is my photograph. Imagine if I place my photograph next to the instrument, and there's a download of healing light, quantum field. That amount of light now is entering into my brain and my seven chakras. I feel that energy right now. I feel that energy in my, in my forehead through my photograph. So this is the new science in which a photograph represents a person. This is my bilocated version. My photograph has energy. So what am I saying? My aura my chakras, my brain waves can be enhanced by the photograph. Okay, so now, now we're getting into the meat and potatoes of this because uh, th this reminds me of uh, Meet the Fockers when uh, when he's like, "Well, can you milk? Can you milk me?" <laughs> right. So, like, that's the thing I'm thinking now is like, okay, so then does this work with any photograph? Does it? Can it be digital? Can you do this in person, as in like on this interview right now that you have me and? as a sort of representation of me digitally, are you able to affect me yeah. or anyone yes. else? Yes. Uh, I, the photographs are from email, so it's a digital rendition. I can work with one person. I can work with many people at a time. Feed is an actual photograph. Why? The photograph captures your aura or your force field, your quantum field. My photograph has a signal like my fingerprint or my DNA. It's unique to me. So when we were in the quantum field, we don't work with fingerprints or blood samples. We work with photographs. This is the non-physical universe. What Tesla said, once mankind accepts non-physical science, we'll make great advances. We're starting to accept non-physical science. It's the instructions of the universe. It's the intelligence. The intelligence goes before the physical manifestation. Mm. Information. Yes, it's an information so, system. Yes, you can milk me, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. it. Now, just, cool. just to titillate your audience, I can work with millions of photographs at a time. 
earlier today in my lab, I was working with half a million to 600,000 photographs. So theoretically, we could do this planetarily, you know, the entire planet, if we had a, a system of decentralizing it, essentially, and scaling it to the global. That's, you hit the nail on the head. I want to be able to treat a billion photographs a year. Today, I would, hmm. it's half a million photographs. And remember, the photograph is the person, the person is the photograph. Because the photograph carries our energy signal. It has nothing to do with blood tendons and blood type and, and your eyebrows. No, that's a physical manifestation. It's your energy field on a photograph. So today I accessed over half a million energy fields, force fields, through the photograph. That's the new science of scalar energy. If you're still listening and watching at this point, I hope this is a enough to keep you watching because... Tom has graciously allowed for us to get free sessions with the listeners and viewers of this show. Some, uh, how many sessions was it that you mentioned? 15, 15 days of free sessions. 15 days of free sessions to basically do what we just talked about doing, right? And so if you're curious, whether you're a skeptic or you're a believer, doesn't really matter. Let's put it to the test. Let's help him to get to a billion people and let's let's hop in. And we'll, we will link to all of that in the description. And at the end of the show, we'll also... Um, you know, direct you to exactly how you can do that. All right. So I think this is a really good segue for the movement moment so that we can kind of get this scalar talk and all this esoteric stuff out of our heads for a moment. What is something that you would do in a situation in which you've been maybe sitting for a long period of time or standing for a long period of time, or just you have this monotony of, of one set of thoughts? What would you do? Throughout the day, I need breaks, and I think it's good to get up and, and walk around and exercise. I walk my dog. I walk my dog two or three times a day. It's a great break for me. I go outside. I, I get some on my body. That's wonderful. I clear my head, and after a 10 or 15-minute break, I'm ready to go at it again. I'm curious, speaking of animals, have you done any research with animals and seeing if they're attracted to these devices, they lay near them, those kind of nonverbal indicators? Consider this. When I first started to work with the Hieronymus family, I was enthralled. The instruments were on and they're left, and a cat jumped up and actually placed itself inside the scalar energy instrument. Now that cat had right. free roam of the house. Why that cat would pick a scientific instrument and lay down inside this, the scientific instrument, I found that fascinating so what's the point mm. animals pick this up animals feel the mm. energy people from uh, asia have been sending me photographs of elephants that had viral infection and i worked um, on these elephants and after one of the, the elephants returned to infection that the elephants are suffering from so yes does it work apparently it works for elephants yes wow what, what i love about that and that's a very good question gordon um and great point tom what i love about that is Usually, I mean, I think most people will agree with this statement, animals and babies, right? But mostly animals have no placebo effect whatsoever, right? And so like some common examples that I've had, because I, I don't have your scalar instrument, but I do a lot of work with uh, pulsed electromagnetic frequencies. I do a lot of um, uh, research and experience with, with grounding therapy. And a few of my clients that I work with, when I get them set up with some of these devices like mats and things like that, it's interesting that now they have to, they have to get a whole new mat because their animals won't get off of it. I mean, it's like they just, and, and you can't tell an animal like, Hey, I'm about to bring this PEMF mat. It's going to help you. Well, they come in and they hop on it and they stay on it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Animals are they're very sensitive. They can pick up on that. And you're right. I've seen that so many times with animals that I'm working with. 
Yeah. So now what, what I'm still would, would like to touch on, because I just want to make sure that we drive this point home so people understand why it would be beneficial for them to do this. What exactly are we talking about being able to do? So, you know, I, I know that you, you show that you can turn on a light bulb. I know that, you know, you can affect the, the body and the brain, but what is that effect that we're, we're talking okay. about or looking for? Right. Here's, a, here's another benefit. Now, my work right now is in the realm of quantum realm wellness, non-physical wellness of the aura, what we might call the quantum body. It's, again, it's not a biological process. Here's another feature that I've, that I've uh, been able to expand upon. I'm holding up in my hand a photograph of the herpes virus. Now, that has an energy signature. There is a scalar energy signature of the herpes virus. If I place my photograph side by side, the herpes virus, the two energy fields communicate. Herpes has a signal, I have a signal. Now these two energy fields are communicating. And in so doing, if I have the herpes virus in me, this instrument would identify the herpes virus and eradicate. Now that's a lofty claim. That is a lofty claim. Cause I'm sure there's some people out there <laughs> out there like bruh <laughs> bruh okay so wait a minute let's back up let's back up have you done this like it yes. like yes you have yes, we have yes we have now keep in mind my work is with photographs so i can't prove it the people prove it by way of their testimony so let me just reiterate then i'll go to one of our testimonies herpes has a signal i have a these two signals the quantum signals communicate with one another this arrangement, working through that instrument, will allow herpes to be identified and eradicated in my quantum field. Keep in mind, I'm not working with people. I'm only working with their biological representation or their bi-located version. It's a photograph. Now, after I work with people, people report to me that they feel better. Many people say, Tom, whatever you've done, I no longer have their statement. I'm going to hold up a PCR test. This is a PCR test from somebody who was infected for years with herpes. After I work with their photograph, this individual reports by the red arrows, there's no longer any viral load and for, for herpes. And for the audience, it's a PCR test in 2018 and then a PCR test in 2021. And before they test positive in 2018 and then post the treatment in tw March 15, 2021, they are can't read it specifically, but they're they're clean. They're no, no longer um, testing positive for that specific virus. Correct. That's correct. That's correct. So these no are no longer detectable. Exactly undetectable. That's the proper term to use. We're going to use this PCR test as a testimony. Well, the individual has submitted this PCR test, and it's not my statement. Now, what's the point? I have to rely upon people's testimony because this is never. And nobody has my instrument, so nobody can prove or disprove my work. <clears throat> so we haven't been able to scientifically prove or disprove my, the first one to say that. It's that new of a science. But the testimonies, we have over 4,000 testimonies on our website. Those testimonies, the efficacy of our sessions. So then, okay, my natural inclination is to go to one of the most prevalent, um, you know, problems in the world today, and that's cancer. Do you have any any experience with with working with people no, with cancer? No, I've not perfected a technique with cancer. I have theories, but and I'll add to that. If you look at our DNA, it's a double helix, and I've seen photographs of of a scalar wave as a double helix, and actually the the scalar wave is the same ratio and proportion as our DNA theory that a scalar wave, this double helix, 
creates our DNA, which is a double helix. And the point being, if we can energy to the point that we really have this mastery, this control over scalar energy, and then be able to download into our DNA and correct our DNA accordingly. So if we're going to cure cancer, it will be by way of scalar weight biology. My, the way that I think about things, because obviously we all have our different way of understanding information, taking in information and retaining information. I like to think in like visuals and like photographs, or I, I have a bit of a photographic memory. And so I see things in, in snapshots. And so I'm imagining what a session looks like with you, but that imagination is obviously just based on an assumption. Are you there sort of like doing like witchcraft where you're like, hum, let's pull out this herpes virus. Like no. how does that work? No, no. Landing force is scalar energy. There's no human input here. That's a good question. There's, there's no human reasoning involved. What am I getting at? If I use a, that's a source of light and I match it up with my photograph, which is another source of light. These two sources of light can, has nothing to do with human reasoning or human input. And once these two sources of light, these two photographs are placed in the instrument, there's an immediate connection and it's not a biological process. And if I had herpes, the instrument would seek out herpes and transmute it or break it down or, or reduce it to a state of chaos. The new way of looking at quantum wellness, which is informational wellness. So quantum wellness. So just to, to touch on that a little further, are you having more success with viruses versus mutations or other certain physiological, you know, disorders and things? Have you found that that, that is easier because the energetic signature and the certain process you use, it's effective there, but you're working, you know, speak to it's, that a little. And, and yeah, what's the most common thing that you're working with? It, it's, it's easy to work with photographs of microbes. And why do I say this? This is a bacterium. If I place that likewise close to my force field, the two energy fields communicate, strep mutants and my photograph. I have photographs of microbes. I have photographs of over 400,000 species of microbes. My instrument can download that information from the microbe into my quantum field by way of a photograph. This is why my work is flawless. This is why it's so successful. There's no human reasoning. I simply match up a micro by way of its photograph with my photograph in the quantum field. So moving forward, the easy way to eradicate a virus, a bacterium, a protozone is through the force field of the photograph. Again, it's not chemical in nature. It's, it's an informational process. All right. And, and I, I just want to throw in one more, one more, because I, again, I, I know people are sitting there worrying and I'm, my hope is that I'm, I am, asking some of the questions that people have while they're listening to this one last little little bit here on the sort of skeptic side who's to say then that if you're able to do this with these photographs that you don't miss something and actually end up giving yourself herpes simplex right which yeah. is what you because that, that's the first thing i was thinking is like well you got those two photographs together what happens if like oh shit like all of a sudden now i got herpes like what the, i've never been able to reproduce life I cannot create ah. a form of life, whether it's a virus, a bacterium, or an insect. I cannot reproduce life. Scatter energy is the cause of, of the DNA, yes, but I've never been able to reproduce DNA. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. That's a good question. Um, yeah, like, so th this is very fascinating, and I, I definitely... I think uh, to whatever extent you're able to document a session, like I think it would be 
it would be interesting for me to go through one of these, you know, a handful of sessions or at least one session so that we could kind of get a better understanding as to what's happening. Because I do know that I, I do hope that people listen to this and think, all right, I want to, I want to do this because it sounds like quackery and maybe that's what you want, right? Maybe you want people to think, well, just try it. Cause that's how I am with a lot of the work that I do. There's a lot of tools that I work with out there. There's a lot of supplements I work with and I, I can't tell you how many it's daily. I get so many people coming to me saying, Josh, okay, I see you promoted this. Can't help but think that like you're just being paid to promote something, which I almost never do, but does this thing really work? And I always have to respond in a, well, all you should do is just try it yourself, right? Like, because like what works for me may not work for you, but just try it. And what are your thoughts yeah. on that? You're absolutely right. Now, once again, in review, these instruments are unique. Nobody's duplicated my work. I don't expect people to understand this. Go to the website mm. and do some homework. This is brand new. It's groundbreaking research. And that's one of the reasons why I want to work with everybody in the world for free for 15 days. Anybody in the world can go to the website. No questions asked. We'll work with you. It's, it's, it's no obligation. That way, you prove it to yourself. Now, moving forward, since this is a grassroots movement, I can't rely upon academia or any other group to prove or disprove this. Nobody has this knowledge. Nobody has this instrumentation. So the people have to prove it. Mm. And the history of this, just I'm curious, uh, Tom, I've come across people like Dr. Wilhelm Reif and these things. Can you, are you familiar with him? And can you speak to why your machine's different? Because he was speaking to certain things where he was, you know, essentially saying similar things theories where he was dissipating or breaking apart viruses and various things within the system. And this was, I don't know, like seventies or eighties, I forgot when, but speak to that, please. Mike was working with what he called orgone energy, O-R-G-O-N-E, right. orgone energy. That's scalar energy. That's just another name for scalar energy. And was he able, Wilhelm Reich, able to break apart a virus? Well, apparently he was with orgone energy, which is a scalar energy instrument. Well, we should have listened to Tessa. And we should have listened to Wilhelm Reich. Yes. Why do I say this? This energy is the intelligence of the universe. Now, once again, if herpes has an intelligence and an instrument, a scalar energy instrument can negate the intelligence of herpes, what happens? It's reduced to a state of chaos. You see, you don't attack the herpes virus with a chemical. This is not drugs. You tell the herpes virus to cease to exist, to break apart. Give it instructions. Instructions. So Wilhelm Reich, we should have listened to him. He, he had functioning scalar energy instruments, what he called orgone energy. Right. Tessa had scalar energy instruments. My predecessor, Hieronymus, had scalar energy instruments. Uh, Hieronymus was using the term aloptic energy. The right. point is this energy is real. It provides right. masterful control over nature. I'm gonna repeat that for your right. audience. I have mastery, right. I have command, I have dominion over the herpes virus. Scalar energy allows me to have dominion over a virus or a bacterium, etc. I can tell, instruct that virus to fall apart. 
it does. I mean, there's so many applications. If you if you extrapolate this out, and Reich was working in in nature and seeding clouds and going to places that were deserts and and allowing rainfall to come by creating his various cloud buster devices. These things, as Josh spoke to, this could be the next major huge development in science. And if there are nefarious forces already aware of this and using this, you know, unfortunately, but not being naive or ignorant, this can also be weaponized as a sweat. So you could give instructions to make the virus spread even more, or be even worse, right? Like this, there's great power behind this used for good or for worse correct there is incredible power i'm going to go back to the old testament you've heard about the ark of the covenant the ark right. was a scalar energy vessel the ark right. of the covenant mm-hmm. operated on scalar energy and that's why those in possession of the ark of the covenant were invisible invincible they possessed this manifestation of god the ark of the covenant was a scalar energy vessel so what's the point you have fundamental control over nature with the scalar energy instrument mm, great responsibility so okay <clears throat> this is this is beyond fascinating to me and i'm i'm like uh, i want to i want to want to work with you and so i know that like you have talked at length about the usage of a, a photograph is it any better or worse to actually work with someone in person and then the i guess second part of this question is have you ever thought about like hosting retreats and things like that. And I ask this because like I do retreats and I would love to be able to work with someone like you to where we could have a group of people sitting in the living room in a circle around this, this instrument and, you know, doing the work in real time. When I'm working with a phone, I bi-locate to my laboratory through my photograph. And it doesn't matter if I'm physically present or my bi-located version photograph is, is being treated. Why? Because scanner energy does not recognize time or space. I transcend a photograph. Now, what's my point? When you send me a photograph, you teleport to my laboratory. This is time travel. When people from around the world send me photographs, I can treat their aura instantaneously. So whether you're in Australia or Austria or Luxembourg or Chicago, it doesn't matter. You time travel to me. This is a time travel instrument. So it doesn't matter what what time zone you're in or what what spatial setting you're in, you can be accessed by a scalar energy instrument. And then um, we, we have to keep in mind that this, this laboratory, these instruments are immense. And I, I can't place these instruments on a plane. I'm showing, them, <laughs> I'm showing the audience the, the instruments. Not yet. And uh, T, TSA right. would kick me off the plane. They would not allow this on the plane. So it's a fixed location. I just want to clarify one more time. So you're you're saying that even... If I were to email you a photo of me, right. that works because because yes. I immediately start thinking about well, okay, it's not necessarily time travel. I mean, I guess it would be some kind of time travel, but if you had to physically send a printed photograph, then you know we're at the the mercy of of U.S. Postal and whatnot. But um, so even just a, a digital through the computer, it, it works. That's correct. Why? Because light is fundamental. My photograph carries my fundamental character. Light never lies. Light energy never makes a mistake. Light follows the laws of science. It's immutable. You cannot change those laws of science. So the laws of science apply here. My photograph follows the laws of science. That's me. My soul, mind, and body are incorporated on that photograph. Yes. Okay. You, you've been very patient. Because They're great questions. I, I know... You have to ask these questions. Let me interrupt, please. Yeah. You have yeah. to ask these questions. This has never been done before. 
I don't expect people to understand how this instrument works. It's unique. Nobody in the world has my instrument. So your questions are excellent and keep it up. You're asking those pertinent questions. Yeah, because I, I, I do think it's I do think it's worth discussing because in, and in this might be a situation where depending on your time constraints and whatnot, because I know you're you're working with with a goal of working with a billion people, but um, we might have to bring you back on because I have a I have a feeling that we're probably going to be asked several questions in which maybe we could do a, an Instagram live or a YouTube live or something to where we can kind of address those. But if I haven't asked any questions for the, for the people that are listening and watching, if I haven't asked the questions that you're curious about, please submit it in the description or in the comment section or, or email me like, you know, we can list my information. You can find me and, um, and I'll be sure to make sure and ask Tom because He's a wealth of information, clearly. And like he said many times over, this is a new technology, but it's it's expected to not understand. But again, I'm kind of the person that's like, well, let's put your money where your mouth is, right? Let's put your time where your mouth is. Let's let's actually go out and do it. Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna interest your audience with this. I'm gonna show a photograph. That's an HIV AIDS clinic in Delhi, India. Om Prakash is the name. I've worked with over 5,000 people by way of their photograph. Now, I don't visit India. People send their photograph to me. And I place their photograph inside the instrument. And what do I do? Well, I download the energy, the HIV virus, into the people. So this instrument can look for the human immunodeficiency virus inside those people and bring it to a state of chaos. Mm. Over 5,000 people at this clinic have been treated. After I work with these people, all of them have reported that they no longer have a viral load. Here's a PCR test from the founder of Om Prakash. After 13 years, he doesn't have a viral load. No viral load. Not applicable, it says. Really. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now you got so you you, you to... must you must be the secret behind Magic Johnson then. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you now do you have to give different instructions to different viruses? like HIV versus the herpes virus? Remember, the instrument does what I tell it to do. If I introduce that photograph of HIV, human immunodeficiency virus, inside the instrument, the instrument looks for that signal, that intelligence, and negates it. We don't go after it chemically. We don't break it down. We simply bring the molecular bonds to a state of negation. Okay. We, we negate, we, we disrupt the molecular bonds, which is non-physical. Going back to test the statement, if we start working with non-physical science, yeah, the, the non-physical dictates the physical. The cause, right. non-physical instructions, dictates the effect, the effect. which is the right. physical. Yeah. In yeah. other words, we put we, why put the caboose in front of the train? No, no. Right. The caboose is the effect. It's not the cause. Right. I think that's the key thing behind all of this being more accepted by a larger group of society is, is in general, we have to start understanding and seeing the universe. You call it information. You could call it consciousness. There's very esoteric terms, but ultimately we have been so fundamentally trained in a materialistic reductionist society to think matter and materially that we have to reprogram and decondition ourselves. And for certain people who are obviously in the scientific fields, that causes great cognitive dissonance. But 
the more we accept, I've personally, and Josh have personally experienced this through plant medicine and experiencing fractals and sensations of, of oneness. But I think that's a critical thing. And, and it makes sense why certain cultures seem to be working with you more than other cultures, because they already have this normalized or this accepted in their society, correct? Thank you so much. That's, again, that's another astute comment from you, gentlemen. When I work with people who believe in chi or prana or consciousness or the Holy Spirit or some type of aura, some type of essence, they really can pick up on this quickly because this is their training. And those who, who really come from a, a Newtonian background, and it has to be mechanistic, and it, there has to be a chemical reaction for everything. Well, it's much more difficult because they have to learn this from scratch, so to speak. So if you have that spiritual understanding that not everything is physical, that there is a spiritual world, and this is consciousness, I'm operating on the level of consciousness, it's much easier. So, okay. <laughs> If let's say this is another two part question, it sounds like you need to know what a person is dealing with that they need to, to try to fix. You need to know what they're dealing with in order to be able to get the 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 download of that information to to, to work with it. One. Yes. And then secondly, does this instrument work like like a, a adaptogenic process? If you don't have something that you're dealing with, so like if you if you are a relatively healthy person and you just want to experience this this reboot reboot of of energy throughout the body, that kind of sounds like giving life in a way, but it, maybe it not. It, the, the the chakra balancing gives life, and so does the nutrient program. I will explain if you will. I'm holding up a photograph of beta carotene. I can download nutrients into my quantum field through photographs. Now remember, everything I do is through a photograph. So this is these are the phytochemicals that you're referring to. This, this is the nutritional part through energy, not through a chemical. If I place beta carotene side by side my photograph, I enjoy the energy of beta carotene in the quantum field. Now I have over 350 photographs of micronutrients. So I download every day micronutrients into my quantum field. Not a chemical, not a protein shake. It's not food. It's a new way of transmutation. This is the new way of receiving your nutrients. Modern alchemy. And this, yes, it's modern day alchemy. Thank you. Whatever is on that photograph is reproduced in my quantum field. Thank you. You're absolutely right. This is alchemy. And, and how long does that take? Because I, I, that, that's what I'm curious about. Like if you're downloading this as a supplement each day, how long does that take? One hour a day, I work with chakras. People feel that. And because of that, their, their, their mental clarity improves and their sleep pattern improves one hour a day. The second hour, or one hour, I work with viruses, bacteria. It's a pathogenic lens. In one hour, I can scan into my photograph over 400,000 photographs of germs, microbes, in one hour. So in one hour, I can bring to a state of chaos the quantum state of over 400,000 species of pathogens. Then for the final 22 hours, I work with the nutrient program, and people are receiving in their quantum field nutrients, the balance of the day, 22 hours a day. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like, because I, I want to also place myself in the, in the person that's, that's, that's wondering this potentially same thing, that that hour or two hours or 22 hours, that bit of time is only with the photograph. So you don't need to be with you to do that, correct? That's correct. At night, I, I practice the nutrient program. I literally turn the instrument on. I place half a million photographs in the instrument and I go to bed. And while I'm sleeping, 
beta carotene is being delivered to over half a million people in their quantum field. Okay. Now, another question just popped up based on what you just said. You mentioned that you turn it on. Yes. So, so there is a electrical component to it. Yes. Yes. That's a good point. Thank you. So the instrument that Hieronymus developed, and I have repeatedly, if you will, availed myself to, these instruments initiate us electrical, and then we convert the electrical signal into scalar. Both scalar and, and electricity have a um, bioconversion capability. You can take AC electricity and convert it into scalar, or you can take scalar and convert it back into AC electricity. So mm. I take a little bit of AC electricity and my gain is a million fold. Why? Because that instrument can work with a million people around the world through their quantum field. So a little bit of scalar energy can be amplified to millions of people. So is it your understanding that Nikola Tesla first discovered alternating current and then used that to discover scalar energy and use that AC to convert to scalar? That was, And then that was his next stage. And that's when obviously JP and all the boys jumped in. They steal his stuff and there was this suppression essentially. And that's like, also, it sounds like that earlier question we had when you did the light bulb trick. I yes. think that's the answer too, because you said you can go from AC to scalar or scalar to AC, and that's yes. that's what powers the light bulbs. Yes, these are scalar energy instruments, and there's there's so much energy coming off that instrument that if I just place a light bulb close by, it illuminates. Now, notably, in 1899, Tesla moved to Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. You have to follow his, his behavior because mm -hmm. he wasn't erratic. Everything was purposeful. Mm -hmm. Why would he travel from New York City to Colorado Springs in 1899? In 1899, Colorado Springs was a ranching town. Mm -hmm. Why did he go there? So he could experiment closer to the ionosphere. It's mm -hmm. high up in the, the altitude, 6,000 feet. And he could capture scalar energy and he could capture that energy much easier at that elevation and if you look at his tower in Colorado Springs, there's no moving parts, there's no electrical wires. He had no power station inside the instrument, inside this tower. There were, there were no moving parts whatsoever. So what's the point? Why move from New York City to Colorado Springs? That tower that you're showing in Colorado Springs was the first scalar energy tower. And he was able to produce miniature lightning bolts with that tower in Colorado Springs. He was able to recreate nature. That's a miniature star that you see there. And he was able to create lightning bolts. Why? Because he followed, he copied nature. Those it's lightning bolts, would that be the same as that arc you're talking about that people c kind of consider to be like that ozone arc? Is that yes. kind of the, yeah? yeah. Okay. That's, that's correct. Sometimes when there's a violent lightning storm in, in this neighborhood, this instrument will start to spark scale energy lightning bolts autonomously. That okay. happens again. Can you please take a video of that? And as the audience can see in this picture, it's a large, just for the people listening, it's a large, large, long rod going up into up into the sky and there's a, a spherical ball at the top and essentially that's mm -hmm. acting as an attractor of scalar energy, correct? That's, that's correct. It's a ball, correct. And, you know, consider, well, I would why would somebody leave a, the comfort of New York City to build a tower in Colorado Springs at the turn of the century? Well, because he had to experiment somewhere, and high in the Rockies was ideal for him. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm beyond fascinated. This is so cool. I do welcome the skeptics. I want them to see this show yeah, because healthy. I think, yeah, it's healthy skepticism. And I think that's the point of this show is to, is to simply walk the talk, right? Like, we've, we've got Tom Palladino on here who's doing fantastic work that he should probably be considered for a Nobel Prize. And, and and I'm serious about that because, you know, this is the kind of stuff that 
that we need to be talking more about. And if we can get away from this uh, military industrial complex or big this, pharma. yeah, big pharma, all these things, you know, hopefully you're safe and you're, you know, located to where people can't get to you because I mean, I'm dead serious. This is really important work. So I thank you for sharing this like thank tremendously. You. Yeah. Thank you. You see the big picture. Yeah. One scalar energy instrument could work with a billion people a year by way of the quantum field. Mm -hmm. Now, Again, this is not Western medicine. You don't go to an office. You don't go to a medical facility. I'm not a medical professional. I'm a scalar energy professional. This is a new science that works with non-physical instructions. Before we start wrapping up, is there anything else that maybe we missed a point on or, or anything else that like you really want to talk about before we get into our last couple of questions? No, very great. Thank you both. You really, you can penetrate the mystery here. You see where we're going with this. You see the reality. You see how you know, I can demonstrate the, the application of these instruments. So thank you for a, a well uh, rehearsed, if you will, interview. I want to inculcate this though. Please start accepting this energy. Accept this new branch of science, scalar energy. It will benefit you. I realize t life is tough. I realize many people have trouble paying their bills but what if your your bill your power bill was 1 20th of, of what it is today what if you were not able, you didn't have to use a, a car you could use an anti-gravity instrument instead you wouldn't have to pay four dollars for a gallon of gas how about using this as quantum wellness whereby we can at least eradicate viruses through the quantum field isn't that the easy way isn't that the beneficial way to enhance the human condition? That's what my work is all about. That's what Tesla's work is all about. It's not about money. It's not about power. This is a humanitarian gesture. If I can piggyback on that for everyone listening and watching, if we are to consider what humanity was, was thinking or was like 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, if you went back in time somehow and you were to tell them that you'd be able to send a message to someone across the world in a matter of a fraction of a second, they would think you're crazy. Witchcraft. They would think you are crazy. And so I just want to embed that thought, no, nothing, you know, nothing other than just to think about that because today we do that constantly. Yeah. And what Tom is talking about right now is, is, is obviously very new to us, but it might be something worth looking into and it might be worth uh you know taking him up on his offer to do 15 days of sessions so keep that in mind okay um for my last two questions what are your top two pet peeves what are a couple things that just really annoy you about about anything you know i think everybody in the world has incredible talent not everybody shares that identical talent but everybody has some talent so it's the waste of talent it's the it's not realizing just how smart we are and how what our abilities are. Everybody has a talent, a skill. Everybody has certain intelligence. We need to get the most out of people. And then secondly, be positive. Have a positive day. Be happy. You know, if, if you're happy, you're positive, and you have some type of goal, you'll accomplish much in life. So I want, number one, I want people to realize that they're geniuses and everybody has a skill set that's unique to them. Number two, and put it to use and be positive and you'll change the world. And I love how you spin that into a positive because 
it's it, it's it's one thing to focus on the negatives of the things that we're frustrated about. But part of the reason why I like to even ask that question is because it's what we do with that understanding of what, what gets to us that allows us to to be powerful, to grow, to succeed, to, you know, to move beyond that. So so thank you for sharing that. And my last question, what is something you're most grateful for? Life. I thank God for life. I thank God for being alive. Beautiful. All right. And then um, like we kind of discussed throughout the show, what is the best ways for people to keep in touch with you? I know we're going to list most everything in the description, but if you don't mind mentioning it while people are listening and watching. Visit the website, scalarlight.com, S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. Read a few articles, and then if you're comfortable, send in your photograph. Email us your photograph. You can send us your family member with their permission. Include your pets. I treat my dog every day and you'll see the benefits. You judge. This new science has, has great potential for people and animals. Send in photographs of your pets. Very cool. Well, I, I hope people do take you up on that. I really do. And I would love to keep a line of communication open with you. And yes. um, and I would love if, if people think this is interesting and you, you want to see us do a live chat or you want us to do another podcast and we address some of the responses or some of the responses you were hoping for, then just let us know because this is what we're here to do. And obviously, Tom Palladino is a huge humanitarian and it's not many people willing to be subject to this kind of questioning and this kind of skepticism and to still be able to offer these things for free. So what's, what's the risk, right? You may as well jump in and you may as well try it. So that's my bit, Tom, I really do appreciate your time. This was a very fascinating conversation with you today and um, keep healing people. Thank you, gentlemen. Great talk. Thank you. Simply walk the talk. Walk the talk, talking facts. Move like me, but I move a little fast. Make my move, here to last. Fasten these belts, I'm coming past. Take care of me, longevity. Half my biology, better believe. Walking the talk, so mind and body connected. Better come give us a listen.